Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Poma podcast. Uh, I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's uh, really great to be with you all again, um, and uh, I'm really excited today. Um, a good friend of mine is back on the show, Cat, um, Cat uh, with the Cards, um, who was on last on last year. Um, welcome back to the show. Hi, James. Thank you so much. I had the best time last time. So thank you for wanting to hear me ramble some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, uh, no, no, it was it was really good fun last time. Um, we had a really good chat about your journey and talked about tarot. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, Kat does some great readings. Um, she does my readings all the time. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are um they are great so um i appreciate that yeah thank yeah, you yeah yeah i would recommend you to anybody cat so uh um but we're going to talk about something interesting today because um we were having a conversation on twitter about um kind of spiritual gurus and self-help gurus who um exploit people mm-hmm. online to uh to make money and their goal is not to help people their goal is to make money um mm-hmm. now there's a difference i want to say right at the start there's a difference between these people these kind of people and people who genuinely want to help there are some people online who genuinely want to help who are really great i've had i've had a confidence coach and a life coach who's been fa- who was fantastic actually was a guest on the show um yeah i've worked with good coaches before yeah, me too. Um, and good spiritual teachers and uh, ones who have genuine wisdom and want to help people. But there are some people who are not like that. And um, and Kat is particularly passionate about this. Um, so yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a good conversation about it. Yeah. So um, a quick just background for anyone that is, you know, hasn't listened to our prior episode that I was on with James. Um, James and I have in common, you know, an ex-evangelical background. We've both gone through religious deconstruction. Um, A lot of my family is from the South and I was raised um, very conservatively. If you know of the Gothard, Bill Gothard, um, the Duggars, um, any of that branch of very, very conservative, fanatical, um, what's the word? Just, yeah, fanatical evangelicalism, in, especially in the U.S., then that's pretty much what I came out of. So, you know, when you grow up like I had, being in the midst of a spiritual cult, being ingrained in it, like I genuinely didn't know anything different. Um, I, I was homeschooled the entire time, which, you know, isn't synonymous with being in a cult necessarily all the time. But for me, it limited severely the um, output that I was giving of information and the information that I was getting in, um, taking in about, you know, life, about what people should and shouldn't do, you know, what is permissible, what is appropriate, what's not. And I had a very, very narrow lens of the world, right? So when I finally, I also went to a Christian private, uh, private, excuse me, liberal arts school uh, for college. So when I went to get my master's was the first time I'd been in a secular environment in my life. So that was really, um, and that was in Mississippi. So ironically, even though Mississippi in some ways is one of the most religious Um, evangelical states in the country, I found myself really facing my own, you know, uh, 
identity in a way and deconstructing from uh, everything that I knew. And I was at the same time, uh, my master's is in music. I was teaching uh, choir directing full time at a Methodist church that did not accept people who are LGBTQ plus like myself. Um, and now I'm, you know, I came out as non-binary about a year and a half ago, they, she. So, you know, all those things really caused me to face in myself, wait a minute, this is the script that I've been handed my entire life. And I've never looked outside of it, but also my environment around me was reflecting everything that I knew, you know, I didn't really have um, people that were different from me, that had different ideas, so on and so forth. So social media um, and spirituality is a very interesting, um, social media for spirituality is in general, I think is a very useful tool, but can also be a very detrimental one because social media runs on algor- algorithms, right? So I have realized in the last several months, as I have done sort of, you know, some research on, you know, algorithms and trying to figure out how to filter my feed and do this, that, and the third, um, how many people are out there that my feed is not normally showing me who actually embody the ideals and ethics as a spiritual worker, Um, you know, whether they're tarot readers, whether they're spell casters, whether they're Reiki healers or life coaches or whatever, right? Um, that actually do align with my ethics and um, when it comes to spirituality. But the algorithm was showing me a lot of people that were ingrained in this cult mentality regarding spirituality. And there's some ways that you can notice that. I've always been, ever since I deconstructed, which I started really heavily doing that, and I would say probably 2017, uh, early 2018, I realized at that time, okay, like I have been living my whole life almost in a cult. So now I have this unique lens as someone who now does tarot um, readings and is a very, I'm a very spiritual person and I have a lot of ideas about how the world should be viewed through the lens of, you know, the universe, spirit, um, religion, all of those things. But I realized, um, you know, I have this unique ability of already knowing the warning signs of cult mentality. And as I began to dive deeper into the spiritual social media world on Twitter, on Instagram, um, you know, in other areas, I was seeing a lot of tactics, marketing tactics, capitalistic tactics, and even just spiritual um, buzzwords and things like that, that were really set to hook in the viewer, right, for sales or to trigger their nervous system. So they would be like, you know, oh, well, the next full moon is going to be super dramatic and awful. So you better book right now or you're going to miss this deal. Like, you know, it's the kind of things that we see in advertising and it's, it's, it's tainting our nervous systems, literally. And like, this is why I've been really working on putting boundaries up with social media and like talking about spiritual fear mongering and spiritual capitalism, because anything that has its roots in a practice or a social conditioning that is already not good for our nervous systems, that does not uplift everyone that um, hurts minorities and doesn't keep us safe or stable, then how can you expect anything good to grow out of that? You know, if you lay that foundation Mm -hmm. at the beginning, you can't build anything off of that. Um, 
So I, I would be curious, James, like what, what are some ways that you have seen this? Cause I know you've come to me even saying like, Oh, I'm seeing this all over my feet. It's driving me nuts. So like, what has um, your experience been? Yeah. What I see is that, yeah, it's the, it's the very, it's the very capitalistic nature of a lot of this. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of the focus on lack. Right. Uh, or, or creating lack. Because that's basically how capitalism works. It's like it's you don't have this, you've got this problem. You need this is the way to solve this problem. You need this. I can give you this. Pay me money for this, right. and I will solve all your problems, and everything will be perfect, right? And yeah. I, and of course, people who've lived through trauma and been through all this, they've been through kind of what we call deconstruction or spiritual transformation or whatever, uh, spiritual trauma. Know this is a load of rubbish. Right, mm-hmm. there's no kind of magic formula which is suddenly going to make everything okay, right? That's just another replacement for religious certainty. It's like if they're telling you about a destination, then it's not authentic because if you're on a real spiritual journey, there isn't a like a set destination. We all Absolutely. have our own journeys. We're all going in. Di- we're all going to different places. We're all going. We might intersect with each other at different points but we're all on our own journeys, right? And mm-hmm. there's no set destination. And But that scares people when there's no certainty, right? When 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 the outcome is unknown, that scares people. People still want certainty. Uh, I mean, like, I, you know, I started my deconstruction when my mother died, which was in 2000, right? And I that mm-hmm. took me into progressive Christianity. And in progressive Christianity, they were talking about doubt. They were talking about questions. They were talking about uncertainty, but it was still within a structure of certainty. <laughs> like right. it, was, it wasn't right. called certainty. It didn't look like certainty, but it was. And I only realized that later on. And I eventually came out of that as well. Um, so yeah, even I kind of fell for it at one point. So it, it that, and that's how I know when to spot it. <laughs> But right. yeah, people who are kind of telling you this is the formula to sort your life out. Like if you do this, everything will be okay. If you do this, um, your life will be perfect. You will have your career. You will have money. You will be fulfilled. Whatever that uh, you and using spiritual language to do that that mm-hmm. that that isn't authentic. That's not real. Uh, they're selling you. They're selling you a lie, basically. Yeah. And that. Especially as someone who craves authenticity, um, I'm an Enneagram four. Kind of, yeah. Oh my <laughs> um, god, it's my wing. I'm a five with a wing four, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm a five four wing five. So yeah, um, that makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I it just it, it and someone who's been hurt and betrayed by somebody who did that, right? As well, that really makes me angry. Like, um. Like people who listen to this show know I was betrayed by somebody who stole my writing, stole my ideas, stabbed me in the back. You've been a mentor who'd mm. actually did this kind of self-help course for writers. And it wasn't a spiritual thing, but it was the same right. kind of thing. But for writers, it was like, if you follow all these steps, you will, you will become a successful author and make money from your writing and get a publishing deal. Well, that wasn't true. Um, very few people who actually did the course did that. Um, and I heard once that actually he told an interviewer that he was scamming writers for money, selling them no. some false dreams. He said this to a magazine, apparently. No. I've never found the interview, but he did say that, apparently, according to somebody I trust. And that's that's the thing. It's like taking advantage of people's genuine spiritual needs and 
desire to explore spiritually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and manipulating that for money uh for platform yeah it's just and the lowest thing you could do it's horrible and i really uh, i really hear you on the platform part of that too because that's kind of a whole other um, angle of this now that comes into play because, you know, long before like spiritual scamming has been going on since the dawn of time, because just like in every other area of life, there's always people that manipulate whatever their, you know, skill set is or their trade or what have you to their own ends. Right. But Mm -hmm. now that we have social media, there's this added pressure of, okay, I have to do it through these certain things to be seen by an algorithm, to see, be seen as an influencer, be seen as knowledgeable, get a certain amount of likes, get a certain, you know, and like, I, and I'm being totally transparent here and even saying like, I have struggled with that is, and as we all do as creators, right, using these platforms in general, like even just leaving the spiritual side out of it, like, we all are on this um, journey of, you know, trying not to self compare, but I realized um, when I started getting more into, let's say, the spiritual community, um, especially on Twitter, um, I was noticing just um, so before I actually was doing tarot more full time, but um, before I uh, COVID happened, I was working in music business in New York and my employer at the time, wonderful person, but had been raised very traditionally in a capitalistic world. He was used to, you know, being a CEO, working in a corporate environment. And he was the one that taught me a lot about how, you know, supply and demand, creating a need and then letting that you being the way that that need is met. And in some ways that can be useful. Sometimes it's nice to, you know, be like, Hey, this is a need that nobody talks about. Let me show you that this is a need people have. And let me show you how we can collectively, you know, or I can help you, you know, meet that need, but it's supposed to be from an, not like you said, there is no set formula. And I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely terrible at math. So if you want me to do a formula of any kind, it's probably not going to work out. You know, timing is fluid. Human beings are fluid. And, you know, the best laid plans go awry. My entire life up to being 29 at this point is proof of that, especially the last two years alone, I think for us, us as a collective. So for me, I started realizing quicker, I think, than I normally would have. Um, like, I, I am thankful for my background is hard as it was. And I am sorry for parts of it that I had to be put through that I wouldn't wish on anybody. But at the same time, I'm so thankful I have that lens now because I've really been able to gently, sometimes not gently, I can be very blunt sometimes, but I, you know, I've been able to have this lens to call out certain harmful tactics in the spiritual community. And it's funny because you said that thing about like people stealing your ideas, stealing, you know, um, or making, you know, formulas that just didn't work for you. And then you feeling shamed because it didn't work for you, but it worked for so-and-so. Again, it's another, um, like spirituality can't be put in a box. Why would you want it to be put in a box? You know, that's like putting your creativity in a box. That's like, putting um, the way that you process information in a box like that's some, you know, and so when I was going through social media, um, for instance, you know, James, we've talked about purity culture and the harm mm-hmm. of that, right? So I was yeah. seeing posts on Instagram, on Twitter, um, TikTok, you know, what, ha- what have you, that we're talking about, like, 
you know, you need to be very, very careful who you're exchanging energy with in sexual ways because they could be on a lower vibration than you and then you're tainted. Blah, blah. And I was like, why does this sound like purity culture and slut shaming with spiritual lingo? It's literally a wolf in sheep's clothing now. Like it's the same. And so I started like talking about that. And at first, like, I will admit a lot of the people that I had surrounded myself with on my feed, I started to realize how it, I even, and I even noticed it in people that I really respected that had bigger platforms. They slowly over time as their platforms grew, as their, even their abilities maybe continued to grow, they started to become less careful about analyzing the way that they were sharing information or resources or even how they were taking from their clients. And I started to notice subtle changes and like different marketing and capitalistic techniques that again, I think I'm not saying that marketing is bad or that we don't need to do it, but it's the way that you do it. And you don't need, we need to all stop doing advertising and marketing of our services, our creativity, our whatever, right? In a way that is going to strike fear, anxiety, and trigger a nervous system. Because we're often on social media anyway, because we're trying to connect to others. We're trying to pass the time in a way and like view things that make us feel better. And while that shouldn't be our only outlet, I have noticed that in many ways it's become, I don't know, just so disheartening. Like I was starting to feel like I was shouting out into the void, like, Hey, this stuff, you know, this is, you think that you're so enlightened, but actually you're using spiritual bypassing to shame people into having shitty days or having a bad mental health day or, you know, okay, they got triggered by that situation again. Are you really going to shame them for that? Or is it going to be like, here, let me give you a space to um, reflect about it and figure out some calm, conducive ways that work best for you to maybe be able to navigate that better next time. It's not about like, oh, well, you're just still upset by that situation because you're at a low vibration and you didn't like own 25 crystals that I told you to buy. Like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it, 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 oh, yeah. oh. You know, it really, really, really is. Oh, and yeah. one of the biggest ways I've seen this is in human design. Are you familiar with human design? Human centered design? Um, I believe so. Yeah. It's yeah, by... I, did, I did a podcast series on it last year, actually. Yeah. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So what's your, what, what's your knowledge of it? Well, uh, crikey, it was a year ago now. Um, <laughs> I've done about 50, 60 podcasts since then, but it was, um, the way I heard it talked about was using, using creative processes and, and story to build to build community to build healthy community uh -huh. um, to connect with people where they are rather than expect them to come where you are and just right. um organically build community it wasn't a it didn't it certainly wasn't a capitalistic um kind mm -hmm. of shaming um cult cult-like thing it was just Okay, how can we how can we tap how can we meet people where they are and listen to their stories, and um, engage with those stories uh, and build community around that? You know, that was really. I mean, that was the context it was. This model was being used in. It wasn't this. Obviously, this that's not that's not the entirety of what human centered design is. But that's the context in which it was being used. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, there were there were three episodes of that series. It was. 
late uh, late 2020 that came out. It was I'll have to I, go I back really enjoyed it. doing that series. Yeah, because that actually sounds so. That sounds slightly different than um, what the human design that I have come across and they may actually be two totally different things yeah i think i'm thinking right now i think i think i've seen you talk about human design before and i I did something what i'm talking about yeah right right so so you know how like there's the enneagram and myers-briggs and things like that things that help you find your kind of your type uh you know your your number so on and so forth. And those things can be actually extremely useful. And, but somebody, um, human design is often my rant platform. So I apologize if I start to like get really into it, but (laughs) I had, um, I had noticed that some of the big name platforms that I followed and at the time I don't anymore, I unfollowed a lot of them. Um, part of that reason actually, before I even get to that was because I realized that a lot of those people were elevated to such a point that they were no longer based in community reality or spiritual reality. And I, once I started following smaller accounts, like people like me, I started really learning from other spiritual workers and also seeing how they were able to meet others' needs and serve their community while also making a living off of it in a way that's not harmful to a system or to themselves or anyone else. And so I really started kind of looking for that kind of um, energy in my feed. But one of the things that the bigger accounts were starting to push was um, this concept called my human design. And it's um, categorized into different energy types. There's the manifester. There's the manifesting generator. There's the generator. There's the projector and the reflector. So you have these different types. And when, you know, I noticed, and I'm going to get into a little bit more of what it's about, but a lot of the platforms started pushing it. And I was thinking to myself, it felt very, I felt like it was being pushed upon me and I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't engaging with it. And I felt like most of their followers weren't either, but I started to slowly realize that they wanted to get ahead of the latest trends because all of a sudden I started seeing more of it pop up on like TikTok or things like that. And it's like, we always want to show the newest, most shiny thing. And I'm all about showing the newest memes or, you know, a really great song or a film like art. Right. But when it comes to pushing a new teaching agenda or whatever, I just, I feel like sometimes people start pushing things that they're not even well-versed in. Um, And I've noticed that a lot with spiritual workers. It's like, oh, everyone else is doing Reiki healing now. Well, I'm going to start offering Reiki services. But do you even know where it stems from? Did you do any of the research in the culture? Did you practice? Like, I mean, I know like some of the astrologers that I privately book have been studying their craft for three years or more daily. Like it's their work. It's not, you know, like I don't call myself an astrologer at all. I've learned I'm a student of it. And I like to sometimes make memes and jokes about it, or even provide some small tidbits of knowledge that I've learned. But I don't brand myself now as an astrologer, just because I can understand some of the basics. So there's because those people start doing that, because they're so desperate to stay ahead of, again, marketing, spiritual marketing and capitalism techniques and so on and so forth. And in order to stay relevant, they end up doing more harm both to themselves and to, you know, their, their clients, their followers or whoever. And so one of the things that I felt weird about whenever I was hearing human design being discussed um, was there. So there's a big buzz made about 
two of the particular types, manifester and the generator. And um, the manifestors, I, be- I believe it's the manifestors, are supposed to be like very rare. Like there's not many of them. And then the generators are like 70% of the world's population. So first of all, let's start there. There sounds like there's this disparity, right? Between like, oh, the common layman, and then, oh, you're this type. Well, you're extra special. So like, first of all, there was kind of that exclusivity that I wasn't really liking about it. So I decided to do some research. And I found out that the guy that was the um, founder of My Human Design was a white man who had renamed himself Ra after the Egyptian sun god who appropriated Egyptian culture and a bunch of other cultures, like spiritual um, practices. And he had, he was someone who was a rich, wealthy white man, bored of his life, was traveling all over, went to, I think, Ibiza and did a lot of cocaine and acid and had some spiritual revelations. And then boom, his dad's trust fund helped him set up human design. And he used this as like his way of making money. And I don't believe he's no longer, I don't think he's alive anymore, but I watched videos on YouTube of this guy. And when I tell you, I immediately felt sick. And the way that he described, it it reminded me of evangelical pastors that are clearly trying to manipulate their like mega church, you know, uh, attendees or whatever. Like think like, um, who, what's, who's like the worst pastor or mega church, like, person that you can think of mark driscoll probably (laughs) yeah exactly so this guy i was watching his mannerisms and he was dead behind the eyes he was extremely arrogant and selfish i mean your typical like rich white dude nightmare dressed in like egyptian garb which i'm like bro that's so that's 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 red flag number one red flag number two he's talking about He's talking about he was um, someone asked him to explain the difference between a manifester and a generator, and why the manifestors are more rare. And he legitimately, I, I wrote an article on this verbatim, said that the generators were like the slaves of society and the worker bees that help uplift what the manifestors are meant to do. Whoa. What is that like? The rich one percent, and then the rest of the poor world that minorities are you know not getting the funny oh, yeah my gosh. that is yeah oh my, that is shocking um and what made me ill about it this was the part that really bothered me even more because now as a white person i i may be a queer non-binary person but i am still a white person and as somebody who is a tarot reader and a spiritual practitioner at large one of my biggest responsibilities and callings is to first of all uplift the cultures and practices and the people that are not like my own and the people that were born into it that practice it. That's like, there are certain things that people come to me for, for services like, Hey, you know, can you do this type of work or this kind of thing? And I'm like, sure. I know how, or I know some things about it, but that's not my area. And also that's not my lane. So I'm going to redirect you to this practitioner who was, you know, born to, you know, you know, was from new Orleans as a black person who does hoodoo or voodoo, you know, like I redirect people to where they should be going. And this guy was taking things from Vedic astrology, from all these other cultures and just kind of mixing it up with his own um, methodology and capitalism. And the other, some of the things that I noticed, I was like, everything's hidden behind a paywall. 
if this information is for everybody, then why, like, I understand needing to be compensated for your work and like, you know, pay your bills, but like, literally you have to pay so much money to get most of the information about human design. And it's all behind paywalls. He, his family is very protective of what information has been released about him. When there's a ma- that amount of exclusivity and secrecy and paywalls, if it's, if it's for the people, then why is like, if it's supposed to be for the people, why are you not making it accessible to the people? Exactly. Exactly. And I want to make clear, actually, um, this is, this is very, very different from, human-centered design Great. it's a completely like different it. thing human-centered design is actually real i i i'm a big fan of it it's really i'm very interested i'm gonna go research it my podcast i just want to make sure because i've got friends who advocate for human-centered design and i don't want to tread on them um this okay. is a very what you're talking about is very very different and yeah really and i actually really want to send me more resources i'm going to listen to your episodes because i'm actually quite interested in this now so thank you <laughs> maybe that'll be a better direction for people to look in for sure i would love to find in some more alternatives because i do understand you know some people are like well i don't really resonate with tarot work or astrology like people do want to find their own individual path right but again this was being touted as the latest and the greatest thing and what really disturbed me the most was a lot of the people that were pushing this the hardest were black spiritual practitioners that had huge platforms and several of us myself included and i didn't feel quite right calling them out honestly but i was hoping that other people in their community would come forward and be like hey i don't know if you know because again at first i was like well maybe they genuinely don't know the origins because again the a lot of the information that isn't great about human design or how it came to be or what was stolen is fiercely hidden or protected or whatever behind paywalls and things so again i was like well maybe they just don't know you know and because there's parts of it of course that you could take away and find useful just like anything else but like i say if the seed is rotten it's not going to bear good fruit that's just it's just common sense so a few of us started to DM them or like on their Patreons where they were sharing information, like people were coming to me and were like, yo, I told them where this originated from. I showed them videos and they just were like, oh, well, you know, I don't really love all of that, but like, I just take it and use it for my own ways to suit me. And like, it's fine. And like, I don't, you know, it's not a big deal. Like they basically just brush it off. And I was like, of course you're going to brush it off because it's the trend right now and you're making a good profit off of it. And, you know, I think that we all stand risk in any area on social media, no matter what area you're in, if you're, and that's, I've honestly, like me and I have a close group of, you know, spiritual friends that I trust and I love because we all hold each other accountable a lot in these ways. We have a group chat and we were all talking about it. And I said, I said, I'm deeply, honestly afraid to ever have my platform grow that much as much as I would love for this to be my life's whole life's work and like I can support myself safely and comfortably off of it so I don't have to worry about you know living paycheck to paycheck I also don't want to get to that level because there is this difference that you feel when people start noticing you in your work and like asking you questions and I always tell my clients I'm not your guru I'm not your guru I'm going to show you how to meet your own source I'm going to show you how to drop into your body and find your own intuition so then you can go off aligned with yourself and know what you need and how to create that for yourself. You can come to me with small questions, of course, but like, you know, I had clients sometimes that would come to me for every little thing. And I was like, yo, you need to look within like, this is now becoming 
like an unhealthy codependent partnership, even if we don't mean it to. And I had to realize that as well for myself and put up certain boundaries that I didn't have before, you know, but it just, it's a very easy insidious trap to fall into without even, as we know, because we've already been through it. You don't even notice. And then all of a sudden you're. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. Uh, I almost fell for it myself. Uh, Yeah. Trying to become a writing coach and, you know, and yeah. Yeah. It's very, very, very seductive. Capitalism is seductive. Oh, because, absolutely. Because it offers certainty and it offers wealth and it offers like this perceived success and happiness and everything works out and, and you know, it lifts up your ego and your value or whatever. It makes yeah. you feel like your value depends on it. So, yeah. And um, even, and you know, and most of us fell into, like I fell into tarot work, first of all, just because it was incredibly a healing practice for me, but I just, I loved it and I did have a natural like tarot is something anyone can learn how to do and grow in their abilities. But it was something that felt more natural to me than something. Like I've always had to work very hard at things for them to, I'm now realizing more of that has to do with like my ADHD than anything. But like, I always felt like I had to work harder than everyone else. And in this area, I was like, wow, this is something that feels so naturally tuned to me. And so when I started offering it as a service, I, I mean, I can definitely look back at the very beginning of, cause I've been offering it now, I guess for a little over two years as a service for others, there were definitely like things that I said or terminology that I did where I was just going off of what I'd seen. And I was like, Oh, well that seems good. Like, you know, and I was very like love and lie. And now I realize some of the ways that I said things in the past could have made come across as spiritual bypassing, but I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know about spiritual fear mongering. And that's where I'm like, more of us need to be speaking out about this. And a lot of, um, I'm the most active lately, as you know, James, on Twitter, because um, I just also, my personality, I'm a Sag Stellium, I'm a clown. So I love, you know, the goofiness of Twitter and it works well with my, um, the way that I communicate with other people more than, you know, say Instagram and I just have more fun. So the spiritual community on there is pretty tight, but lately there's been a mass exodus of people finally starting to realize even smaller accounts, you know, who were like, you know, this big account stole my content. But like when I tried to tell people, they said I was a hater or that I needed to go like work on my shadow work. like, you know, again, spiritual bypassing. There were a lot of big accounts that were taking stuff from small accounts with maybe less than 300 followers because they knew that nobody followed them. So there weren't, wasn't a paper trail. Right. And so things like that were happening. And then also, it's funny, I've been one of the, I wouldn't say I'm at the forefront of, uh, you know, anything really, but just I was one of the few people that started writing about um, my human design and calling it out. And I started realizing I was like, I have the ability to do this. Um, It's also my responsibility to do this. And I, once I started framing it that way, I was like, I really don't care what anyone thinks because like, I know what I'm doing is right. And yeah, you know what, for what I did, I lost followers. I had some big account mutuals that followed me that I had really respected in the beginning. And some of them, I still give the benefit of the doubt. A few of them I can really see are in their own kind of cult right now. And they haven't learned how to wake up from that yet because this is their first encounter with it. And I have a lot of sympathy for those people because I know exactly what that's like. And I am still deprogramming. I will probably be deprogramming myself for the rest of my life in certain areas. And I've accepted Mm -hmm. that, but 
at the same time, when a whole group of people is coming to you and telling you, hey, the way that you're phrasing these things or pushing your services or even the fact that you're pushing this service that is deeply you know, racist or homophobic or misogynist at its roots, this hurts me. You don't get to decide that it doesn't matter. You don't. Mm. And that's something that like all of us as creators or people with platforms of any kind um, publicly that are offering work and services to other people need to understand. Like, and now you have to sit with it and decide, okay, how much of that affects me? What is my, how do I make reparations now? Or is there a way that I could reframe this to be less, you know, triggering or whatever. But I feel like so many people as their accounts have gotten bigger and they've started getting notoriety for hopping on these trends. And also I'm not going to lie, capitalism is successful because in, in ways it works, it works in ways that are negative to our health, but it does usually get a result, whether that result is a good one or not. I wouldn't, you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, I actually, I, I've been doing some grief workshops um, in a mighty network that I'm part of, community, mm. once a month. Uh, and it's a member of that community only, and it's a, and I pay to be part of that community, and other people pay to be part of that community, very small fee. Mm. Um, and it's great because it's just a few of us, and we, we talk about grief and trauma and, you know, what we're going through and every month. Mm-hmm. And I get to help people and use my lived experience and my journey and what I've learned to help other people. And and that's exactly you know, how it should be. And yeah, I and there's no, I don't get any, I don't get any profit from it. I don't get a platform from it. Um, that's not what it's for. That's not why I do it even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I look forward to every month because it's, it's become a little community. And right. that's it. Ever, ever since I let go of the idea that I have to have a, a platform and make money from things that I love. Mm-hmm. It is so liberating. I can tell you, like I, I can just do the things that I want to do and the things that I love to do. And I can share my story wherever that is, wherever I am on that story. Yes. Um, wherever, wherever I'm learning at that point and no, for no other reason that, than I love to share it and I want to share it. And I think it's important to share it. And that's it. And whatever I create, if I write another book, if, you know, whatever podcast I do in the future, whatever, anything else I create in the future, it will be coming out of that rather than how can I make money? How can I yep. build a platform? How can I have a career? You know, and, and um, I'm really as white man as well. Like I've thought, well, you know what, white, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cis, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 um, I'm demisexual, so I'm actually on the, um, you know, on the on the asexual spectrum and um, mm. queer, right? Um, but as a white as a white male identifying person, it's not people like me that should be getting platforms right now, anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very conscious of that. So um, it, it's fine, really. I'm not, and and, it's, and like I say, it's been liberating because it, it gives you freedom to create what you want and do and follow you know your curiosity without having it having it having to make a profit and and like um, you just said you know everyone harps in the spiritual community about lack mindset and whatever and i do think that there is some validity to that in the way that we can reframe certain things for ourselves to get through harder periods in life 
But at the same time, you just said it. You want to fix your lack mindset, remove yourself from those chains of everything needs to be turned into a profit, you know? And like you just said it, you made that space for yourself to tell your story, to let other people tell their stories. And that's another thing as spiritual workers, I think that all of us are now realize I'm hoping that we're realizing it more on a collective level. There's more, there's ever since this mass exodus, which I knew was coming. I had ironically predicted it was coming with my cards and I was sort of not surprised when any, when certain things were coming to light and just my intuition had been like, just, you know, sit back and watch it unfold. But as things began to unfold, I started speaking out because I knew now that the temperature of the room was, okay, everyone's now more open to hearing other things besides this funnel of information they've been given. So I felt like I could begin to be more open about, you know, spiritual bypassing, fear mongering, spiritual capitalism, all those types of things. And now like, as I have been sharing like, Hey, I get tempted in those areas too, or this has happened to me. People then are able to come to me and be like, Hey, I felt the same way, but I was afraid to speak out. And I'm realizing that while yes, Cause I have this, I have this little battle in my head at all times, because again, I'm a musician, I'm a creative, I'm trying to make my life, build my life as a freelance writer, social media person, musician, like the whole Jack of all trades thing. Right. So I'm like, I, yes, readings take a lot of time. They take a lot of energy. There are certain things I have to do to set up the space. Like I do want to be compensated for the time and resources, but at the same time, it is also my responsibility to facilitate community gatherings and online spaces and uh, resources that are free to the public. Because again, if it's for the people, then why is it not being made accessible to the people? And that's something that I've really been, um, as I end the year, I, you know, we're entering the, to get on my like little witchy box for a second, we are entering the winter solstice um, in the final, uh, you know, days of the year. And the solstice uh, is December 21st here, which actually is the night that my mom started to have me. I was born on the 22nd, early in the morning. Um, but I, I always view this time as, you know, winter's coming, it's time to go inward. And I've really been reflecting on going into 2022. Okay, how do I continue to free myself, like you said, from the need to turn everything into a profit. Cause again, I came from a family where every, a very upper middle class workaholic family where everything was turned into a profit. And as you know, James, I have seen how that has been detrimental in mm -hmm. my family and detrimental yeah. to me. And yeah. so coming into this with, okay, yes, my work deserves compensation. I do deserve these things. And I'm finally at a place where I realize that I deserve more for myself, but also counteracting that with, Here's how I serve my community in ways that don't turn a profit. And I'm just trying to find a way that I can blend the two appropriately, but, and also, you know, make time for myself. And I really think that that those more of those kind of conversations I hope will be coming up. And, you know, I hope that more people will start to view social media and spirituality through a more critical lens because we have to, because this stuff is just, like you said, it's so seductive. It's so insidious. And you will blink one day and realize I'm balls deep in this. And I have no idea how I got from point A to point B. And so I really think the more transparent we are, um, 
the better off we're all going to be. But um, if you would, by the way, since you were saying, I, I would love the resources that you um, were sharing about, you know, human design on your end, that's a totally different and much better thing, it sounds like. But I do have my article I wrote about human design and it actually has the video in it that I was referencing. So if like any of your followers or listeners would like access to that, I can send it to you. But um yeah, thanks for letting me rant about this. It always turns into a rant. <laughs> I think it's important to talk about these things, you know? Yeah. Um, it really is. And it doesn't have, like you say, it doesn't have to be this way. And mm-hmm. there is that kind of thing that I, there is a balance of people should be paid for their labor. People should be paid for their time and their energy uh, and the effort that they put into creating things um, mm-hmm. and the cost that it, you know, the creative cost. That it, the human cost. Um, you know, there's a lot of cost in creating things uh, and in giving your time to things. But that should never be used as an excuse. Exactly. To shame people into paying you, right? So it's just saying like, okay, I deserve to be paid for my labor. That's right. That's absolutely correct. Um, but also I want to create enough things that I don't have to, that you don't have to pay me for everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a lot of stuff that I do which is not which doesn't require you to yeah. give me any money which is available to everybody or even or people on low incomes you know and people who do this there are a few people who do this i'm part mm-hmm. of communities that do this um i follow people that do this there's been guests on the show who do this you know one who um you know they they do they do tours and they uh and they do classes which are their source of income yeah. Um, and are worth the money that they charge for them. And other other resources they create, they just put on their website and it's like pay what you like. Right. Um and like, you know, so you like, you know, I got I think I remember buying ten hours of audio content for like five dollars or something. Um, you know, and that that and it was well, great and content. Also, well and, and it's also like something Oh, I'm so sorry. Continue. My bad. And I, I was finishing <laughs> up. It was just, it's just, and, it, and it's great that this guy does it. And um, there's other people that do this. There's lots of people that do that. You, know, you can have a model where you have one or two things, which are, these are my main sources of income. So I will, you know, I will charge more for this stuff, but other stuff I'll either give it away or I'll just make it affordable for, for everyone. Right. Um, just because I love making it and I want people to have it. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's exactly how it should be. And I, I've been like thinking about some ways to, to, um, you know, make that more of an organized streamlined process in my life. But yeah, something else too, that like I've, I've done, and I know other spiritual practitioners have done it for me and for others as well Is like, when I know that I'm in a good mental and financial place, if somebody I know has been like, you know, reaching out to me and just enjoys my work and they've wanted a reading from me for a while. And like, for some reason they couldn't afford it. I'll DM them and be like, Hey, no pressure at all. But the next time you want something like, let's work something out, I'll do one for free gladly. Or you know, if I know somebody a loved one of mine is going through a hard time, or someone in my community, I'll just message them and say, you know, if you would like something to calm your spirit, I'm happy to record a guided meditation for you to have to keep to listen to whenever you need. You know, there's so many ways that we can share while still like, and I think the more that we realize that we're able to give without 
because we no longer are coming from a place of lack and taking and taking and taking, the more we give, the more we are also given back to. And that's something that I can 5,000% speak to because with my friendship with you, with other people in my online spaces and just, you know, as everything that's gone on in my family in the last year that you know about, like I would not be here today or able to even, you know, have the presence of mind to have these conversations if it wasn't for community resources and help and care. And there have been so many times where someone in my life has been like, hey, I'm at a really good place right now and you're clearly not. Let me help you. And we need to all be thinking like that. That's right. That's uh, I love that. Yeah. Thinking together as community and mm-hmm. It's the way we're going to change everything. That's the only way. It's the only way to flip out the system inside out, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. Um, I thank love you. talking with you. And, um, where can people follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Cat with the Cards, and it's Cat with and then D A instead of T H E, Cat with the cards. My friends always used to joke, oh, it's Cat with the cards, because I'd show up with tarot cards in my purse everywhere I went. So <laughs> that's where that came from. But yes, I'm on Twitter, um, TikTok, although I'm very bad at it, uh, Instagram. And I also think I'm going to be starting a Substack. Uh, stay tuned on that. Um, but that's something else in the works. So yeah. Fantastic. And I would highly encourage everyone to check check all of those things out um it is pure delight to follow cat and she is um they are amazing so um thank you so much so are you um thank you (laughs) and i'm sure you'll be back on the show again we've got loads more we could talk about so um yeah Um, so yeah thanks for coming on and uh thanks for listening everybody